Hello, I'm Brandon. And I'm Justine. And this is the Cozy Co-op, a podcast where a games journalist and a creative writer talk about the video games. You're a little rusty. I'm... Thank you. It adds flavor. <laughs> that iron taste. Yeah. That I- ironic. <laughs> no. Taste. Not quite. <laughs> I appreciate your enthusiasm. I don't know. So, hi. Yeah, we're here. We're talking about what? Wind Waker. Wind Waker. The Legend of Zelda. Wind Waker. The one with the boat. The boat. Yeah. I'm excited. This is fun. This is a game that you've actually played more than I have. Yeah, I played the whole thing. Yeah, and I only got, like, some of the way. I tried to do all of the things, but some of them were a little too tedious, so I didn't do all of the things, but I did most of the things. Which is often the case for RPGs. Yeah. So, I even got... I'm doing. I'm trying a new thing out. I've got just a muted, full playthrough of Wind Waker going. It's so up. cute. It looks quite nice, but this is also the HD version, which we'll touch on that. So, as usual with games that have you know a twist or anything special in it, um, we're going to talk about the game in the first half, and then after the ad break is when all the spoilers come in. Oh yeah, there are spoilers in this, aren't there? Yes. That's fair. Okay, so start things off. What is The Legend of Zelda Wind Waker? So The Legend of Zelda Wind Waker is the 10th installment in the Zelda franchise, and I believe that's including all of the little side spin-off games and things. Um, because that's a lot. Oh yeah. Um, it was- it was released in 2003 for the Nintendo GameCube. Um, but in 2013 it was remastered for the Wii U. Uh, I played it Recently, that was 2013. Yes, that was 2013. Oh god, that was like six years ago. Yes. Jeez. Because it was the Wii U. <laughs> oh. Um. Yeah. So I played it on the Wii U, and that was very fun. I'd never played the Wii U before, so getting to use the gamepad and stuff, uh, I was seeing the the early days of Switch tech. Yeah. You got to see what Nintendo was trying to make work. Right. Um. So, initially, when this game was announced, it had been after a, a demo that Nintendo had, I don't know, had the... Oh, the, the E3 tech yeah, demo? Yeah, E3 tech demo, where the gameplay they showed off looked a lot more like Twilight Princess. Because it, that was... That, because it was around that time period, you know, that's where the technology was at. Right. It was a little bit, you know, darker color palettes, a little more serious looking. It looked like, you know, your standard RPG. And then when they showed off the actual Wind Waker game much later, everyone was so upset because it looked so cartoony. Mm-hmm. This is where we get Toon Link. Yep. The, this, this, the cat-eyed Link design later be yeah. commonly referred to as Toon Link, just because of his face. He's is very round. Very round. Big eyes. Big head, big eyes. Uh, with kind of an emoticon mouth. Yeah. It just kind of does the little emoticon shapes. Um, everyone was very upset because they were afraid that this was going to become a little kid's game. That it was going to pander to children more than the 
steadfast Nintendo demographic of, I guess, adult men? Yeah, well, that's <laughs> what I always find funny. It's like, oh, Nintendo is catering to children. Like, yeah. Yeah. Their, their entire existence, you know, post, you know, uh, tr not trading card. What are the playing card? Post playing card days, Nintendo has all always been about family content. So I thought it was a little amusing when I heard about this because um, I don't know the opposite of a bright and fun adventure. Legend of Zelda to me is like dark, gritty Legend of Zelda, and it's just like I can't link dark and gritty ah, link uh, with Nintendo. There are a few games out there, of course, but. You'll actually see uh, what I think is a pretty good example of them being dark and gritty with Twilight Princess. I suppose that's true. Because that's when I think they did kind of go with that, because they had more serious tones, more more dramatic concepts, and like a literal realm of darkness. Yeah. Um, also, they kill a man. Oh, no. <laughs> well, there's not a whole lot of death in this one, which is neat. The only things that die are the things that you kill. But because well, that's Nintendo's normal way, really. Yeah. So, in Wind Waker, Link is... I don't know how often this comes up in Legend of Zelda games, oh, but Link um, is not, like, technically Link. Before I forget, I'm sorry. Did I ever tell you why I think they did the cartoony design for Wind Waker this time? Because the... I don't know why. The the game director of this particular Zelda, or what? Maybe it's the creative director? Anyway, the guy who's responsible for the art style of Animal Crossing also joined the Zelda oh. development team for Wind Waker. So he had some influence and on like, that one. Once you, re once you hear that, you can absolutely yes. see the comparison. Large so like, heads and little bodies. I, I I don't have an actual confirmation that that was the influence that did it, but it makes too much sense in my mind. Mm -hmm. So, in Wind Waker, uh, you get to name Link. You get to name Link in every game. Well, not in Breath of the Wild. With the exception of Breath of the Wild, but that's because they added voice acting. Oh. Um. So, you get to name him, which I thought was neat. But I guess it's not that uncommon. <laughs> um, and uh, he's just kind of, I think, I don't know what age he turns, but it's apparently his birthday. Oh, yeah. Like, because like, he had this weird coming of age thing. Yes. And like, that's why he's wearing the green tunic. But he also looks 10. So I think he's 12 or was it 14? I don't know. He he's looks, young. He looks very small. Uh, and on this day... He receives the iconic green Link outfit, um, but his sister gets captured by this giant vicious bird thing, and that's what sparks Link onto the quest that goes throughout Wind Waker, is initially he goes to get his sister back, and then more stuff happens that makes him continue on the quest. In order to rescue her, he teams up with a ship full of pirates who are also coming after this bird because it took their captain. Their captain's name is Tetra. Oh yeah, Tetra. She's a spunky little like the puzzle game. Pirate queen lady. Not no, that's Tetris. Well yeah, but one of them. A Tetra. Yeah. 
I, th- I thought they were called like tetrads or something. Tetrominoes. Tetrominoes. That's it. So the f- way you initially get across the sea is with these pirates to go to the fortress where this bird went. Mm-hmm. Find out the bird is a uh, basically a servant of Ganon, this incarnation of Ganon, Ganondorf. I think it's Ganondorf in this. Yeah, yeah. I, I believe whenever it is like a person humanoid form, yeah. it's Ganondorf. And then whenever it's and like an entity, it's Ganon. Whenever, it, whenever he's like big pig, he's Ganon. Big pig. Yes. So initially, the pirates ferry you across the ocean to the fortress, but when things there go south, because you're like level one Link going up against full power Ganondorf... It's weirdly Metal Gear Solid. Yes, you have to sneak around the fortress, and it's tough because they don't explain a whole lot of how to do that, but just enough for you to be able to to either do it or say screw it and just start running. (laughs) Um, So it's a little bit confusing with the whole stealthy stuff, but luckily you really don't have to do it much throughout the game. It's mostly just in that fortress level. Uh, You get a little bit kicked off the island, the fortress island, and you wake up to a boat. Yep. Not the same boat. Different boat. Yeah. It's a little boat. A small boat. A little red boat. Looks like a dragon. The prince song. And no, and his name is the King of Red Lions. Well, the boat's name, yeah. Yes. So, in order to not make this more awkward, me trying to explain this, um, talking boat. Yeah, he's a he's a talking boat. And he acts as this game's navi. Right, uh, giving you tips and tricks here and there, but not super invasive about it. Yeah, yeah, without the bothering you a lot. But... Right. The reminding you where you gotta go and stuff. Uh, but this is sort of the point at which you get to start to experience the open world nature of this game. And that's what was special about Wind Waker, is it wasn't a necessarily linear game. It has those elements where you don't have a lot of opportunities to get sidetracked, but if you're like me, you can do your best and try. There is a linear storyline, but you have a lot of room to run around and go off the beaten path. Um, on the specific islands, you do have like a, sp- a specific path you have to follow for the most part. That is worth saying, is that this, this, is it even called Hyrule? I don't remember. So it's, a, I've always found the Zelda lore to be a bit confusing, but no, this is not technically Hyrule. Hyrule is underwater this takes place you know a long time between other zelda games and apparently in that time the world has essentially flooded over entirely yes so So, you're at the if you if this is hyrule at all you're at the top of hyrule yeah so there's not big open fields to travel they're you know it's ocean small islands scattered about an ocean that's why the boat idea is so important because you can't ride a horse you ride a boat but it is so much faster than running across open fields. Yeah, boats are more aerodynamic. Yes. Especially once you get... You can you start out with a, a boat with a regular sail that has to just catch the wind correctly to go fast, but you can eventually obtain a different kind of sail that's just full sail no matter where the wind's blowing. I think the special sail 
was added to the Wii U version. I I know they did... I can't remember if it was they added it to the Wii U or they changed how it works in the Wii U version, but they did something to make it easier for you. Well, the main mechanic of this game besides the boat is the baton. And the conductor's baton is how you control the wind, which works perfectly with the whole boat motif. So you are able to conduct a number of songs that will do different things. One of them will just change the direction of the wind wherever you need it to be blowing. This works for your boat, but it also works for a number of puzzles in the game. Um, Another one is a warping song. You can get in your boat, conduct the warping song, and then you there are specific islands to which you can warp. They're usually the major ones that have a lot of stuff on them. And you can just immediately go there. That's your fast travel. Uh, I can't remember... There's one that speeds up time. You know, skip forward to the next day slash Oh, night. yes, you can change... Yes, because there are day-night cycles in this. And sometimes... Also, phases of the moon. There oh, are yes. certain puzzles that you need to have... Uh, you know, a full moon specifically for it, or you need to go somewhere when the moon is at this phase. Mm-hmm. So you can speed up time if you're maybe a week away from that. The baton is essentially this game's musical instrument. That, that was something I think they introduced... Well, they introduced the idea of a musical instrument doing special things in the first game where you could play a flute and teleport between fairy fountains. In the ocarina. I believe in Story of Seasons slash Story of Ages is when they introduce the idea of this magical instrument that lets you distort the world around you. Mm. And then, yeah, it kind of became this common idea in a lot of Zelda games, like the ocarina. Yes. In Ocarina of Time and Majora's Mask. Twilight Princess, they kind of did the thing to where, like, you played a musical thing, but, like, you had to find it. So, like, it, it was, like, a wooden reed that grew in the ground. So you mm-hmm. can't, you couldn't do it anywhere. You had to go to the wooden reed and then play the note. There wasn't one in Breath of the Wild. Correct. That's one of the, that's one of the things that Breath of the Wild really diverged from that formula with. D- Breath of the Wild diverged from a lot of formulas. Um... Because I like open-world RPGs a lot, I did really like Wind Waker. Um, I wanted it to be more open-world. I wanted there to be more things to do so I could avoid doing the main quest line. Not that it was bad, it's just that's what I do when I play video games. Um, But I do also understand that Wind Waker does kind of perfectly straddle the line between open-world freedom and a linear quest line. And, you know, I kind of felt that way about Zelda in general. I feel like when you look at... Because, like, most Zelda games have been, technically speaking, open world. In that, like, you can go to other realms when you want. Mm-hmm. Grant, of course, you have to unlock access to those by progressing. Right. But otherwise, you know, as soon as you've got, like, Hylia, you can always go visit, like, Hylia, and there's side quests you can do. But I feel like, yeah, Zelda games have always just had that. They care the most about the main story. Yeah. While they do have side quest stuff, they don't have... A lot. Of, not as much as, like, other JRPGs. That was why Breath of the Wild was so different. Was It's jam-packed with side quests. Oh, yeah. And extra bonus stuff you can do. So I tried to do a lot of that with Wind Waker, but there wasn't as much, which is why I kind of tapered off towards the end. I found all of the islands. Um, I, found, I thought a neat thing was the fish... 
you can feed a fish that's always chilling out just beyond an island, and it'll tell you what that island is, and maybe some trivia to look out for, you know? So it can help you find treasure, it can help you find Triforce pieces, that kind of thing, which is really neat. I like the fish, and the fish food that you need is fairly cheap. The, what else is going on here? Oh, I did actually look it up. The uh, Regarding the conducting, Link is not accurately conducting. <laughs> I looked to see if he was actually doing 3-4 or 4-4, four, four, depending on the song. He's not. He's just doing the motions that you have to hit to get the sequence right. Oh, yeah. So when you're doing a, a when you're conducting a song on your D-pad, you're going up, down, left, right. And then he, to the tempo, he swings in the direction you're holding. Right. This is not how you conduct, so don't learn your conducting from Link and Wind Waker, because that's not how you do it. Uh, I was hoping that they, it would be accurate, but not this time. But there is... Um, a lot to be said about the music itself. They really blend motifs, like, really, really well in this game. So the whole tying together music and wind and the ocean is, is done extremely well. The, the link, quote-unquote, being this baton. So you conduct the winds, which is very cool in itself, because that's sort of what it feels like when the wind rises or when music rises and you're conducting things, and that controls how you navigate through the water on this vast ocean of an area that you're working with. Uh, the music also applies to these uh, long-dead, like, priests that you have to talk to eventually. Right, because it does that whole thing of go awaken some ancestor type stuff. Right, and they each, like, one has a flute and one has a violin, I think? Yes. Um, and you are conducting their music, too, which will do other things. So that's really neat, how it all sort of ties together. And um, I, I thought the music itself in the game was very good. Whenever I, like, go hardcore into a game, I start to get, like, nostalgic for the time when I was, you know, binging it. Yeah. <laughs> and so whenever I hear the music for when you're sailing across the water, the da na 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 I start getting that like nostalgic oh, feel yes. for around Christmas time when I was curled up on the couch playing a lot of Wind Waker. It's it's always the open area overtures that get it, you know? It's right. like the Hyrule field from Ocarina of Time, super nostalgic for me. The the yeah, sailing music and Because that's Waker. what you're hearing all the time. You hear it all, yeah, because you're so, traveling. Yeah, I, I like to put down, you know, pause games and leave a pause while I go do something else for a bit. Um, so it's just it just reminds me of, like, baking Christmas cookies and, um, <laughs> like, doing some other stuff in the living room. Oh, I want it to be Christmas again, but I love summer, so that's okay. Speaking of the music, a couple years ago, the they they I don't I don't want to say Nintendo, but like this was an officially sank this was an officially sanctioned thing. It was that they were having this they called it the Legend of Zelda Symphony of the Goddess. And it was a live orchestral performance of Zelda music. Right, I remember that. And like there was a there was a big theming around Wind Waker because, you know, the, of the conductor had the Wind Waker baton and everything. Yes. And that was very... And it was very cool. Well, 
I didn't see it, but like <laughs> that was a cool thing to heard exist. It, heard it was good. It's nice that like they were selling actual Wind Waker batons. Yeah, that would be that's uh, cute. You know, if my sister was a she was a uh, the drum major, you would call it in our marching band, um, the conductor basically, and or field commander. That was it. We okay. called it the field commander. Um, and she, yeah, so she's very good at conducting and knows how to do it, but if she was still doing that, I would have gotten her the Wind Waker baton. Ah. The, uh, let's see. Ooh, can I tell you my favorite part of the game? Sure. As ever, Beetle. Beetle, yeah, he's back. Beetle is here. First time? I think this might have been his first appearance. I think this actually is Beetle's, like, origin, yeah. I can't recall him being in anything younger. Beetle... The popular traveling merchant in the Zelda series has his own little shop boat that you can occasionally see off the coast of certain islands. And if you need stuff, you can go either sail your boat out to him or just swim out there and catch up to him. Yeah. He generally stops if he sees you coming towards him so that you can get on there and you can get the fish food from him. You can get glass bottles, which are a popular mechanic in the Zelda games. Um, The pears. The pears, which... This was a mechanic I did not like very much. I loved it. I thought it was very silly. It was silly, but it it just seemed so gimmicky to me because it couldn't, it didn't, like, work. Yeah. So you can hold these pears that look like they're screaming up above your head. (laughs) They do. They they look like just, what's that one painting with, like, the, the... the face that's all stretched and wide and like the scream. The scream. Is it really just called yeah, it's that? Called the scream. That's a dumb name. By Munch. Well, that it's that if it was a pear. Uh, yeah. And you can hold it above your head, and a seagull will swoop down, and for whatever reason, you can then possess the seagull, and you can fly around. The flying is difficult because you have to like, I don't know, worry about air currents. Yeah, and like it's just. It's a bit awkward flying, and then there are certain puzzles. They're not important. I don't remember ever encountering a a plot-relevant reason to use the seagulls, but there are a few puzzles where you can possess a seagull and go, like, get an item or something. It is so insanely difficult to be... to have pinpoint accuracy with these seagulls, so on most of the puzzles that involve them, I just quit on it, because... It, I would try a hundred times to get these seagulls to go where they needed to go, and I would either end up running out of time, or I just couldn't get the thing, and other mean birds can attack you and snap you back into Link. Yeah. And it's just, it's just I don't know, I did not like the seagulls. That, is a, that, that was a feature that they brought into Twilight Princess as well. Uh, instead of it being a pair, like, you just blew air into this one plant reed and like you would summon an eagle that you can then shoot out and then fly the same way as and like they used it I think twice in the whole game and then never again and like that could have you didn't need this feature why did you keep it yeah it's really it's a little bit funny now I'm, I'm gonna compare it to like Mario Odyssey where I've noticed in Zelda games they will introduce features that you like seldom use unless you're super into it but like in Mario Odyssey you pretty much use everything they give you and either because it's plot relevant or because it's just a quality of life thing but when you play like a Mario game that really their rule about 
you use a mechanic until there's nothing left to do with it, and then you move on to something else. That really comes out. But in Zelda, you just kind of just do what you want, I think, you know? there You can take it or leave it with a lot of stuff. That's very true. Now, yeah, so Beetle sells those pears, and I, I'm convinced... You can get mail in this game. Most of the islands have a mailbox that you can check if you see it has something for you. If it's dancing. If it's dancing, you can check it and you get mail. One of these letters is from a shopkeeper that's saying, Hey, come to this island. I'm having like a closing out sale or whatever. Get everything super discounted. And I went over there and I swear it's, it's not Beetle's boat. Like there's different stuff about it. But I walked in, and I'm pretty sure it was just Beetle with a bucket over his head. <laughs> oh, yeah, him. And I don't know why. Yeah, we don't actually... There isn't an answer to that, either. It's just, is is this, like, a Beetle clone? Is this his brother? Or is he just so desperate for business? It does, does he love making sales so much he had to create a new identity? I don't know, but I did get a cheap glass bottle from there. It's like the Batman of bargains. Maybe. His alter ego, yeah. who also does the same thing he does in the daytime. Bucket Man. Bucket Man. So I'm not super sure what that one was about. The only unfortunate thing about Beatles' presence in this game is I cannot sell him Beatles. Well, yeah, because there's no Beatles there's in this no world. Beatles. They all drowned. Yeah. They're not, they're not water-loving Beatles. So, unlike in Breath of the Wild, where I can just fill him with joy by giving him these cool Beatles, I can't I can't do that. I can just buy stuff from him. Which also, to be fair, fills him with joy. And you can get, like, a membership card. Oh, yeah. Um, <laughs> yeah, that's right. I forgot Where about if you that. buy so many items from him, you get, like, a free thing or something like that. You've got a reward point system. Right. It's kind of cute. You want to hit ad break? Sure. Okay. Dingle the fairy to talk about charts. Have you a pesky ocean chart that is entirely unreadable? No longer. Bring the charts to Tingle and for a modest fee of 8,000 rupees, Kulu Limpa, it will be readable. Come to Tingle's Island, southwest of Windfall Island, and Tingle will magic the hell out of that chart. <laughs> was that good? Yes. Oh, okay. That's perfect. Great. I couldn't do that again if I tried. That's okay. We got it on record. Yeah, excellent. All right. Uh, so, can I say something? Yeah. Tingle is a horror. I love him. What are you talking about? He is horrific. He's a thirty-five-year-old man living his dream of being a fairy, wearing a unitard. In a yeah, yeah. He's amazing. What do you mean? He's a horror. I love Tingle. He's so scary. So, I've, I think I've told you some of this before. Tingle's... Tingle got real popular with this game. In the, in the not-really kind of way. Fathom, yeah, yeah, in the not-really kind of way is right. Ting, Tingle is widely considered the one of the most loved and most hated Zelda characters. Because he's this, like, three-foot-tall, overweight man with, like, rosy cheeks and... A, a singular green unitard. And he's got, like, I think he's got a mustache, like a very, I, I couldn't like remember a pencil, if he had a, yeah, real thin, like. And he's a 35 year old man. 
but he's kind of living out his dream of being a forest fairy. Which is additionally entertaining, considering this is, you know, the ocean. I know what it is that makes him so terrifying. What's that? Because first he's just unsettling. Okay, he does have an unsettling look to him. But then you go to Tingle Island. And there are two other different oh colored my God, tingles. Right? There's more than one tingle. That blew my mind. There are two other different colored tingles that are a, what appears to be just doing slave labor. Yeah. They're as just, they rotate the light in the lighthouse of Tingle's Tower. Yeah, because it's not an is it an actual island or is it just it's, a wooden tower? It's an island with a tower on it. Okay, gotcha. But it's very tiny. Yes, yeah, so there, I don't know who these other tingles are, but anytime you go to the island, they're just constantly rotating this light manually. Like, there's there's two wooden beams that come out of it, and they're pushing on the beams. And I'm like, what is... And it's... Oh, the other thing? Whenever you go to Tingles Island, it is always storming. Is it? As soon as you get in range of the island, it starts to storm. I, I didn't remember that. I, I went several times just to see. It is always storming on Tingles Island. Huh. It is... Tingle is a horror. Interesting. I love it. <laughs> I, when I saw the other Tingles, I just imagined, like, when an internet weirdo finds more internet weirdo friends, and then they just kind of become a group of internet weirdos. Yeah. And, like, that's it. And, like, they're all just living their happy best life away from people like you I don't know if I them. would say happy. I'm watching the, 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 the manual labor thing happen, and it doesn't appear to stop. I assume they take turns. I've never seen Tingle do it. Well, that's because Tingle's the one that does the charts. All right. Yeah, and he charges again eight thousand freaking rupees for it. That, that's a that's a recurring thing theme with Tingle. He's been in a number of Zelda games, and almost every time, his only job is he's going to sell you a map, and he's going to overcharge, and you're going to charge you a lot for it. And like, you have to go to him and pay these prices because he's the only one that does it. Yeah. He's got. A monopoly on the market. But with the whole island nature of this game, there's not much need for maps as much as sea charts. Yep. So you go to him for that instead. I love Tingle. Yeah, well, okay. I'll let you do that then. Aw. So, a, f a few more spoilery things. Um, Is Tingle a spoiler? No. Oh. We're at the other side of the ad break, though. Right, right. We just would would save the scarier content for the adult half of the show. <laughs> yeah. Yes. So, the uh, thing about Wind Waker that I want to talk about that I didn't like so much. Tetra. The pirate girl. Yes. It is Tetra, right? I believe it's Tetra, yeah. Um... Which is, I think, a play on words, because Triforce, Tetra, three... Is Tetra not four? I thought it was three. It, well, that's why it's called Tetris, because it's four. Well, never mind then. I was just trying to be smart, and I think I'm not very <laughs> oh, no. smart. Um, anyway, It can still be a point. play on numeric values. It's not the point of what I was saying. Anyway, Tetra turns out to be Zelda. Da -da -da -da. To, like, nobody's surprise. Really? Uh, I was surprised. I think maybe I already knew, but I don't know. Granted, I was also, like... There's 12. also, like, you play a Zelda game, Zelda has to be somewhere. <laughs> That's true. Um, so she is, like, this totally awesome pirate captain. All of her crew loves her. It's really, she's, like, she's getting into the thick of things. She has a sword. She fights, whatever. As soon as it comes out that she's Zelda. 
Like the also the King of Red Lions, your boat is the old king of Hyrule. Yeah, it turns out yeah, he's a man masquerading a, as a boat. In a boat body. Yeah. Um, yeah, he appears to you as the king of Hyrule in uh, this sort of like pocket dimension that is old Hyrule stuck in time. Yeah, well, because there was a there was a great flooding, and like all of Hyrule is essentially destroyed. But through, I guess, god magic, they managed to yeah freeze Hyrule Castle in time. Keeping, you know, the invade because there was like a pig army invasion led by Ganon that was happening, mm-hmm. and you know, keeping it from going under the under the ocean with them and whatnot. So eventually, you gain access to this sacred realm. So in this realm, the King of Red Lions appears to both you and Tetra, and says, "You are Link. You're the hero of Hyrule, and you are Zelda. You're the princess of Hyrule." And this is the point in the game where she becomes entirely useless. Oh, no. She is kept in the basement of Hyrule Castle while you get to go off and do all of your other adventures. And I I think by the end of the game, she does end up going back to her pirate captain life and whatnot. Correct. But it, it he makes the reveal that she's Zelda. She suddenly turns into this pretty princess. And is kept in the basement for the duration of the game until of course at the last minute when you're fighting Ganondorf she comes out and and helps you fight him but that kind of enraged me (laughs) that like we had this awesome pirate captain character and then you like and then you closeted her for the rest of the game just because you're like oh she's a princess she's not gonna do anything which is an- one reason I like Breath of the Wild is Zelda actually does stuff. Like, she's constantly doing stuff. You might like the sequel to Wind Waker then, Phantom Hourglass. Yeah, I would like to play that. Because in that one, Zelda's with you the whole time. Okay, that would but, be cool. But her soul has like been sucked into a suit of armor. Oh, that thing, So yeah. that big purple suit of armor is Zelda. And, like, that's, that's the whole gimmick of the neato. game is coordinating between controlling essentially two characters at once. Yeah. And, yeah, Which... I thought it was a fantastic mechanic, and it allowed Zelda to be the keeping-you-on-track assistant. That's a holdover from Wind Waker, too, because when you're going through the temples where you have to, you know, speak with the ancestors and things, uh, you that's another thing you have to do is you end up controlling um, the other characters that have to help you. Yeah, same way as the birds, there's, but without the pairs. There's Medley, um, who's with the violin we, ancestor. Yeah, talk about the bird people. Oh, yeah, the, uh, shoot, what are they called? I, I, I call them the avians, but I'm pretty sure that's just because bird. Shoot, I cannot remember what they're called. There aren't... What's funny is there's one singular Zora in this game set on the ocean. And Zora? Z- the Zora people? No. The only time you ever see a Zora is when you're doing the ancestral flashback. That's what I'm saying. One singular Zora uh-huh. is a long-dead ancestor who's a ghost when you see them. Yeah. Which I thought was funny is this entire game set on the ocean. There aren't any Zora people. And the ocean people are just gone. There's just none. 
Yeah, and because that ancestor is supposedly connected to Medley, a bird, the the common theory is that the Zora people like evolved into bird people instead after the flooding, which is still which seems confusing. Wild. But then you have the confusing idea of like Breath of the Wild, where you have Zora and the bird people. So I don't were know, they man. Called? I'm so mad that I can't think of their name. Wind Waker actually didn't have a lot of the other races at all outside no, of the bird. No, it was pretty much just people and then the bird folks. I, I get why there wasn't a lot of Gorons since they're like lava and mountains. Oh, there were. But there were like three. There were three and they were merchants. Yeah. That you got to trade stuff with. So it was interesting seeing how they kind of just put both Zora and Gorons in a super back burner aspect while still acknowledging their existence. Yeah. Yeah, I honestly, like, you have fish people. Why were there not more of them in this ocean? Oh, the Rito. The Rito. Were they called the Rito in Wind Waker? Yes. Okay. That'd be weird if they didn't, I guess. So yeah, they were called the Rito. They had a bit of a different design than they do in Breath of the Wild. They had, like, actual arms, I think, instead well, of just wings. The arms can just transform into wings yeah. at their leisure, I guess. So they looked more like people than the Rito in Breath of the Wild. Yeah, yeah, they look like people with bird noses. Mm-hmm. Um, they were kind of neat. I liked noses. being on their island, and they were uh, obviously in charge of the postal service. Uh, and you can help out with that, too. There's, like, helping sorting mail as a mini game. Oh, yeah. Yeah, it's kind of cute. You get to earn money doing that. That's pretty much it. That's the only other race you really get to interact with. There's, like, the three Goron merchants and the one long-dead Zora ancestor. That's that's such a weird decision in my mind. Like, why? To to not include them except in those very minor aspects. Um, So there was Medley, who's very good at playing the violin, and you see her do that a number of times during the game and so she was the obvious you know answer when they were like you have to bring me someone who will continue my legacy or whatever um you bring medley to the violin one i honestly the dude with the flute could not even tell you anything about him i have like no memory of him i just know that he existed because i had to have done the quest but not a person you're super familiar with You've already been, you know, Medley, you talk to her a bunch of times and you do, like, quests with her a couple of times. So I am well familiar with Medley. have no idea who I had for the the flute ancestor person. I, I can't remember either, yeah. Because he's, like, he's not important until that moment. And I don't even remember how you get to him. Hmm. It's like, I just can't even think of it. So I was more of a, a fan of the Medley stuff. Because she was really cool. But you get to control them during those quests. And yeah, there's there's some puzzles going on in there. Where you have to, you know, have two people do things. It's definitely just more of a gameplay mechanic. Yes. Yeah, it, it was fully gameplay. I don't think they actually ever touch on it in the lore. I don't know. They just say you have to help each other kind of thing. Um, oh, that's the that's another song that you conduct. Is the song of possession basically? Yeah. Where you go possess people or things and go move them around. Do you have any other comments for this game? No. Yeah, I think that's all I have written down. 
Um, yeah, my one problem with the game was Zelda's role in it. Yeah. That just seemed so rude. It was like, now that we know you're a princess, we don't want you to do a single thing, so we're gonna leave you locked in a basement for the rest of the game. Um, to do literally nothing. She just sat down there waiting for somebody to come get her. Yeah. It was crazy. And then I think, um, that left her vulnerable to, like, Ganondorf's people to go kidnap her or something towards the end of the game. Anyway, overall, the game is very charming, and I love it. Oh, yeah. It's so fun and bright and bubbly, and there's just... It's just so happy. People were fussy about the new artistic direction of it, but obviously they didn't keep it that way for, like, the whole franchise. Right. And then people realized, oh, this is actually kind of a good game. Yeah, as soon as people were playing the game, they changed their minds about it. They, they thought it was all very good. Absolutely. So I'm glad it came back to the Wii U, though, because um, the graphics are significantly better. Oh, yes. Yeah, because this was a GameCube game, which... Same thing they did with Twilight Princess. That's a Wii U remake. Yeah, I'm going to have to play that one next. I, I think so. I think it's pretty good. Personally, I like Twilight Princess more than Wind Waker. A lot of people do. Yeah, I figure so. I think that's been it for this episode. Okay, time to do some housekeeping. Absolutely. Before my tummy starts rumbling in the microphone. If you enjoyed this episode, try giving us a review, a good one, on iTunes. That does things behind the scenes like good things. So try that out. J- try it. You'll know what I mean. You know? Just with a secret surprise. Okay. Point made. Yeah. <laughs> you can also follow us on Twitter at Cozy Co-op Podcast. All one word. I tweet things such as when new episodes have gone up and maybe jokes relevant to a recent episode. It's a good place to give us feedback, you know, recommendations and whatnot. You could also give feedback at CozyCoop at thelizardrock.com. That is an email address where you can send emails, electronic mails to me through the internet. Business casual emails. Business casual emails. Suit, but not jacket. Emails. I think that's it for us this week. Hold on. Okay. The show can be found at thelizardrock.com, where we host the show. More information about the podcast and how you can support it, perhaps, can be found at thelizardrock.com slash Cody Co-op. Next week, what are we talking about? Animal Crossing New Leaf. With all the hype over Animal Crossing Vacation World, or whatever it's called. <laughs> Vaca- New Horizons. New Horizons. I like Vacation World. Um, We're going to talk about the previous game, which is New Leaf. Oh, I'm excited for New Horizons. It's the, the bag I need. <laughs> Good. So. So we'll talk about that in a fortnight. That's two weeks. Cozy up with us then on the Cozy Co-op. Outro music! I'm psyching myself up. Ooh.